All right, Nick, levels. it's time. Oh, I'm hot. <clears throat> okay, okay, go away. I wouldn't say that, mate. Sorry, what? Wow. Wow. Sorry, what? Wow. What? What? Okay, what? Nick, it's time It's time to buckle up, you jerk. Time to buckle up, uh, mm-hmm. kick back, and pick what our neck, because, I mean, this is over. Our time, Nick, I, we can we just at the start? Can we just acknowledge the fact we can't kick back next year? Like, can we just make sure that that's not an option? I feel like we've had a whole uh, year of kicking back when we, we shouldn't we have. have been. And like, I just, you know, I really, I, I did think that you were taking it a little bit too easy. I did think you needed to yeah. play a little bit more of an A game instead of kicking back. And I apologize. I should have brought that up much earlier, like January ish. Mm. Yeah. It was, and it's hilarious though, too, because like, we're now we're like we're taking it to the bi-weekly like this would have been a great time to kick back but it turns out we've been kicking back this entire time when we ought bit. not have been and instead we need to knuckle up so i, I guess think so. Do, yeah, i think this needs to, to be now a three time a week podcast maybe three time a week okay that, that seems right. like i mean if we're gonna knuckle up well i guess it's over the year of knuckling up is over so it doesn't I'm matter. sorry for all of our fans because uh the quality may be going down <laughs> Yeah, going down as quickly as the quality of my voice is going down. Well, only if we're going to three days a week. If we go three days a week, then I apologize to all of you. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just going to be us. My topics are not going to be saying as polished. Hi, saying hello and uh, talking about you Nick, playing into the last night. What do you got to talk about today? Well, Jeff, <laughs> today I had oatmeal and I wanted to know your opinion on oatmeal and and also, here's my pictures of bikes. Bikes, 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 bikes. And true, NBA. NBA, NBA, NBA. Also true. These Welcome, are the two main things that behind, I know about. Behind the scenes, guys. This is what it's like. I love it, though. That's part of the fun. Uh, it is. But yeah, we can't we can't be kicking back. And we've already... I mean, whether we knew it or not, we've been knuckling up all year. Uh, so, Nick, year three of the Year We Started podcast. Do you... I mean, first liar never wins. But do you have one you just want to toss out that you don't think is, you know... You're willing to let go, but just to get us started here? The Return of the King. The Return I think, of the King. I think, I think okay. that year three could be The Return of the King. Now, you might ask, are you saying that you are the king of podcasts? No, 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 no. Are you saying that I am the king of this podcast? No, 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 no. I don't know who the king is, but he is returning. It's a mystery. Okay. But it's a mystery I'm willing to explore together. <laughs> I did not know where you were going with that. I still am You're not welcome. entirely sure where we are going with it, but I don't hate it. There, so there will be a king. Like, some, if we somebody that, is returning, and they are someone king. Someone will be returning. So are you like, like is this? Are you saying that like the Lakers are going to win the, the the championship oh, this year? No, I mean I I, I um, know that some things are very unrealistic, Jeff. I, I can, okay. I can, let me into your world. What do you, what do you, give me give me with some of your thoughts? For starters, I have I have, I have so many. You, <laughs> I have so oh, good. many. Good, um, good. Um, okay, I, I, I'll start with this one. I feel like I feel like it's weak, but it's true. Uh, we could do the we start a podcast before midnight. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what the actual movie this is from, but I feel like it's always true. It's always before midnight when you start it. Like it's either before what if this one of our midnight listeners or the next listens one. after midnight. Mm, but is it's it? always before the next one, you know. So okay, it's before midnight, <laughs> and I don't know what kind of vibes that brings, but uh, I don't. I just. I feel like it, I feel like it's giving some kind of vibe. I just can't place it. It's not. It's not necessarily the it vibe. Does, I it would, does kind of make me want to wink at you, though. You know, it does. I'm winking at like, you right now. Would before you not? Wait, hold on. Would you not? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm gonna go into the next one. Okay, I'll, I'll, next my next one. Okay, uh, we could just be the year we started a podcast three, maybe shrug. <laughs> I mean, it seems 
There's lots this of seems three. Not there's, ideal. there's okay. Well, this I, seems not great. Like, I mean, I I don't know. I I feel very yes ended here, Nick. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I feel like there just needs to be more. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, and I think it's a bad idea. Okay, fine. Yes. Okay. It's not inspired, but there are a lot of threes. There's lots of there threes. Are, there are a lot of threes. That's true. I feel like there's a lot. There's always like a name after the sequel of a film, but like for the third one, they're just like I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah, which is actually threes. hilarious because there actually are many of them that are that way. Like the second one has a subtitle, the third one is just three, yes. and then the fourth one has a subtitle. It's very weird. All right, let me let me throw one your way. The year we started the podcast, Ultimatum. Mm. What is the ultimatum? Mm. Nick, I can tell you it's born so, ultimatum because it it's on mine. It's, it's one of mine as well. <laughs> oh, is it? Good. See, bam. Great minds. Okay. Great minds. I don't, but I don't know why. I just picked it because I used to like the born movies, like the, the series. I like like it's Matt Damon or whoever it is. I think it's Matt it's Damon. Matt I think Damon? you are correct. It okay. is Matt Damon. Good job, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm um, mostly known for my ability to now, call names. I would say that this 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 podcast is an ultimatum. And who it's an ultimatum to? They Our know. listeners. They, no, no. It's it, them yeah, and yeah, their time. For them. <laughs> and they know. They know what they needed to do. Okay. That's, that's you, what I'm deciding. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm going to – is it safe to say I would put ultimatum as like – is that is that the front runner right now at this point? Might be. It might be. I'll put it, it in the Google. Be. I'm gonna pull up the Google for the first time, Nick. We're actually gonna use our Google Doc. I'm gonna put ultimatum as our thing. Hold on. I feel like we we use the Google Doc very often. No, we use it. I don't usually type in it like live. Uh, well, ultimatum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Problem is, I don't know how to spell that. That's Can like we half... circle back to secrets of the use. I feel like we missed out on. Okay. I can't use. I need to <laughs> secrets of these. Is that is that actually the third installment? Oh no, not at all. It's That's the second, second installment. Okay, yeah. See, we can't, Nick. We can't do it. Like you screwed it up. It's not my it's fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. What's the, what is I the third apologize. one for the that? What's the third one on that series? Not th- three. That's what. That's three. What that's, oh my that was, gosh. That was actually where my thought came from. But like, it kind of made me realize that yes, that's how they all are. But what's like, the, what's the yeah. fourth one? What's the fourth one? Is there a fourth one? The, there's a fourth one in 2014. It's 20 years later, and it's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again. And uh, I'm deeply upset. Again, like actually say again at the end. No, it doesn't. It's a dumb joke. It it's, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. So ultimatum. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Can I? Can I g- give you? Uh, my my actual front runner. Oh, this early. I mean, Nick, I'm this early is right. I'm I'm just I'm all okay. In. Okay, just do it. Let's go. The year we started the podcast with a vengeance. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to say it like that every time. With Angrily. Hello and welcome to the year we started a podcast with a vengeance. I don't know. Well, it doesn't. Well, maybe like you do it like that. Maybe. Like when you do it, but like I have you're not taking to. your life seriously. Like you don't want to have a good I, podcast with That's a what, vengeance. Okay. okay. <laughs> Do you have any other second front runners? <laughs> I do not. I do not. All right. I have nothing left. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I have two. I feel like I have. I have two good ones. Uh, maybe. Maybe more. Let me in your world. Okay. Uh, the year we started a podcast. My wife is a gangster. Three. Now that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Okay. Now my understanding, however, is that. Your wife is a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've done no vetting to how problematic <laughs> this movie yeah. is. No idea what that <laughs> is. Right? That Honestly, now that I'm reading it, that might be bad. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, that's that's a very good. I mean, like, I want to say that's a series that I want to get into just off the name. Like, I feel like there's <laughs> a lot going on there. I'll um, just back away. <laughs> now, this is this is what my problem was with that thought. Okay, what it, are you saying? Uh, isn't that 
my wife is a gangster one, my wife is a gangster two, and my wife is a gangster three? Or did they call it, my wife is a gangster, colon, my wife is a gangster three? <laughs> because that's what he makes you say. <laughs> uh, honestly, I do not remember, but I assume it's the funnier version of that. Okay, Nick, next one, I'm going to skip a couple of these. Um, um, here's, here's what I liked uh, the best, probably, uh, because at least this is how it's listed on Wikipedia. But the third movie in the You Got Served uh, series of movies is called... An excellent franchise, of course. You Got Served 2 is the third installment, which I, <laughs> I feel oh, like... Can I tell you what my favorite one, <laughs> my favorite sequel one is? Like, and I realized it after we named our thing, is um, there is a, a breakdancing film series called Step Up, right? Which is a, uh-huh. uh, a, dance, seri- a dance series, right? And Step Up 2 is called Step Up 2, The Streets. As in, Step Up to the Streets. Oh, <laughs> so damn. good. It's really good. Oh, it's man. really good. Another one that would have been a great one. A great if one only I hadn't ruined everything with Kickback. Oh, Although, man. I just found a really great one that would have been great for last year, too. Oh, it's no. uh, Wallace and Gromit. The second one is called Wallace and Gromit, The Wrong Trousers. I feel like that's <laughs> really good. I would like that a lot. It's pretty good. The next, Pretty good. the next Wallace and Gromit is a close shave, which I also like. That's I like that too. Wait, 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 wait. I got, I got one more that's in the same vein as Ultimatum, okay? Uh, the early start of the podcast, The Last Stand. What is that? Now, you might be at as X-Men, which is not a good series, in case okay. you're wondering. The first okay. three X-Men movies were not good. But there is something to be said about this. One, they're pretty bad. They're pretty funny in the way that they're bad. And two... Is this our last stand as in our last year we're starting a podcast? Not at all. But it is the last time we're starting the third pod, the third year we start oh, a podcast. Right. You can only have one third last time. <laughs> exactly. Nick, okay, I want to do one more one. What's the... Okay, hit, hit me. Nick, what if we just do the ooze one? Even though it's <laughs> the secret the ooze. I think the ooze one might be best. It might be best. It might be best. I wish we had an easy name like D3, the Mighty Duck. Like, that's, a, that's just... That's just solid stuff right there. D3. It's really I mean, good. We could we could be the third Mighty Ducks. That's fine. <laughs> the third Mighty Ducks. <laughs> How about Goldmember? How does Goldmember feel? <laughs> oh, dang. That's good. Is that James Here we Bond? Here the podcast. Uh, it's, no, that's, that's Austin Powers, but I do appreciate <laughs> Oh, yeah, Goldmember. <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> I do appreciate that you, that you make someone gold- up. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's embarrassing as frick. No, you're uh, perfect. Austin Powers Goldmember? Uh, yeah, I, I do kind of like Goldmember, Nick. Okay, let's do Goldmember. I think we should. We Is should, it? We should do. I think it should be Goldmember. I think it's very good. I feel like we can work it. Here we start the podcast, Goldmember. We started a podcast. It is uh, what do we? How do we do this normally? This is a new thing. I'm just it's real fresh and new. Uh, it's a it's a podcast born Phoenix like from the ashes of some other old podcast, uh, kickback or knuckle up or something like that. But uh, you and our gold members here, we are going to start a podcast where we talk about some things that are fun and interesting to us. I am your co-host Jeff, and I am the gold member 
Nick. That's disgusting, and we will work Ew, on that intro gross. a lot. Gross. Uh, gross. I'm not sure. Uh, we, I mean, we're committed now. We can do what we did the last year and pretend it never happened uh, most of the times. Probably what we'll do, but anyway. Probably. Probably. Nick Goldman, bro. Are we really doing this? Are we, I feel like we I have to. I, I don't know how I feel about it anymore. I feel I feel bad, but I'm, uh, I'm good for anything, Jeff. Well, I, I I well, trust your judgment more than mine. I, I was the one who brought up gold memory. You shouldn't trust me. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's Austin Powers. It's the classiest of things. So It is. I'm sure the it's people will love it. Gets. Uh, so, yeah, something, something, have a get it apart, blah, 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 things, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Nick, we should talk about things that are on our show notes that are on a different screen. I also want to let you know that I did look up Animorphs uh, book names, and uh, the third one is The Encounter, and I just didn't feel like that was... Hmm anything i felt like that was nothing you know what i mean <sighs> that is nothing it would have been better if it was the alien the alien is a good one which one is that number two <laughs> probably <laughs> nick screw it i want the secrets of the ooze i want it <laughs> the secrets of the ooze Let's screw do it. gold member hello and welcome it's gold no nope. <laughs> hello no, and it's welcome gold. it's secret of the ooze something something <laughs> secret of the ooze it's, just, it's a this podcast this is simply no, the secret of the I'm years. It's no longer. Secret, I'm sorry. No, I don't ended, this. Just in the Go same ahead. way that last year we had the wrong title, but we're fixing it week one this year. It doesn't matter that it's the wrong year. This one's Secret of the Use. We're here to share some things that are fun and interesting to us. Nick, I would like to talk to you about. I still don't have the show notes. I'm so mad. Wow. Jeff, I, I am really excited to hear the editing for how this intro is going to go. It's going to go great. Are you, are you okay with Secrets of the Use, Nick? I am all on board with Secrets of the Use. All right. We're talking about the, some secrets. Wait, I, think, I think the key to our success from here on out with the naming of the convention is to make sure we do not have the appropriate order uh, the appropriate uh installment in a franchise look i don't want to i don't, don't want to i don't want to put you know i don't want to put parameters on us for future years i don't want to like mm-hmm. box us in when we don't need to be boxed in lord knows we need as many options as we can possibly have that's fair too that's fair too i will be looking up only the sixth installment in series which will limit me a lot from here on out but that will be my only option <laughs> until we get to the fourth the sixth year james webb space telescope is in space nick it is. It is, and it didn't even blow up, and it is even working. Uh, have you seen any of the like clips or anything, or know anything about it? No, I stayed a little bit away so that I could be enlightened by you, my friend. Yes, uh, I, I, I've heard. I feel like it's been very. It's been very active with getting these. I know you said there was a lot of little moments of like uh, of whatever uh, relief or like updates and stuff, and I feel like I've heard a lot of little ch- chatter around. Like, oh, did you see they got to this benchmark? And it's like, ah. Yeah, we're, we're more or less at the point now where, honestly, we probably won't hear a whole lot in the media until the first images come back. Um, the the morning of happened on Christmas morning, and it was absolute blast, and got to spend that time with my son and my kids, and we watched it, uh, watched just the launch, and then all of the, the subsequent, like, the early checkpoints, uh, and then, like, seeing it separate from... Uh, the final stage was just absolutely like mind-blowingly beautiful. Um, I, let me share the. Okay, I see a simulation. Good, good stuff. <clears throat> like it's very choppy video, but I mean we're beaming things back from space. But like, it's insane. But like, but then when it cuts to a different view of it slightly, and uh, then it eventually stops like doing the big choppy thing. You can just see it floating away over the Earth. It's that just is like. That is a 
multi-billion dollar science thing just floating over. Like it's just, it's, and the crazy thing is like, it's going, you know, tens of thousands of miles per hour or whatever it is. And that is a wild thing about perspective too. But, but dude, this is, it's kind of amazing. Um, anyway, so it's probably like, we're probably not going to hear a whole lot about it for about six months until we start seeing some of the first images, which I am incredibly, incredibly excited for. Um, uh, are you familiar with the, the Hubble deep field picture from, I don't think so. You might recognize it when you see it. Yeah. Scroll down on the article. You get to uh, a picture with a bunch of galaxies. Yes. Damn. So Those are what, all galaxies. Those are so wildly me, clear. So this is the the deep field picture that the Hubble Space Telescope took. We did not know how big um, the universe was when we uh, launched the Hubble, and uh, certainly not to the extent that it was populated with uh, stars. And so we pointed the Hubble Space Telescope at the dimmest part of the sky, and did a like a long exposure thing, and like let it take its picture. And this was the picture that came back. And I will most certainly share that in the description if you're not familiar with it. But it is one of the most like awe-inspiring pictures you can imagine, especially given the context of like we didn't know, like we assumed that this was like the most empty part of space like that we could find. And we took a picture of it and this is what we saw. Can you just like do a quick description for uh, people who obviously can't see it this is actively? A, an incredibly colorful, incredibly dense collect like collection of all kinds of different i mean like you can you can very clearly see the the swirl of, I, I, oh, what are the swirling uh lights so every one of these is a galaxy these are just galaxies okay well the galaxies are kind of look like the way that science fiction movies make them look honestly that's interesting uh they they look like a vortex like of, of light um and there's some that are less clear and less uh have less of the defined vortex look but they are there's some they're varying in all kinds of sizes uh and lit and colors and it's immensely dense it's just just i mean i imagine there's thousands on here because some of them are as big as like a pixel on my screen and some of them yeah. are massive some of them are like immensely bright some of them are much dimmer uh they're, but they're there it's kind of a like this looks like what i would imagine a science fiction version of space would look like not like actually how space would look but it, i guess it makes sense if you have a long enough draw like if you can take in light from far enough away and you're in a like that's it's kind of and gorgeous the, it's kind of amazing the, the in my my opinion the most beautiful thing about this image is this was pointed at the dimmest point of the sky that we could find and it is but a pinprick of that sky so like this isn't like this is some huge portion of our sky like this is probably populates the same amount of size that any given star in our sky populates like this is this is this is nothing there's thousands of these across our night sky and it's just it really gives perspective on the vastness of space the james webb space telescope will have pictures that are as mind-blowing basically if this was normal for us, it'll be mind blowing to this. Like it, it, like it is so so much stronger, and we'll be able to see so much more That's... and so much closer. Like I don't know what it'll be, but there'll be stuff that is just as mind blowing as it is seeing this sort of thing, just on a different scale. And I'm very very excited. I'm I'm very excited. This this uh, just gave me another level of excitement. So yeah. yeah. So we're a little ways for actually knowing what it is, but uh, 
we, that's the, that's the beautiful part of space exploration is when you're going into the unknown, you're going to see things that we have no idea what they're going to be. So very, very excited. Um, I have, I have a topic that's going to be a video game ish topic. Uh, so to ease us into that a little bit, Nick, I want to talk about what, like looking back, like what's a time or two that you could, would consider like your favorite day playing a video game ever. Um, okay. Um, so I got it doesn't even to necessarily be just video game related. I mean, it doesn't necessarily be the game, like the gameplay or anything like that. Just like when you no, look back no. and like, I enjoy playing video games and here's one of my favorite well, memories about that. My, my two favorite, like individual memories of video games are one with, um, with, uh, my, one of my best friends in high school and AJ, actually one of our guests from earlier, uh, stayed up all night on, I believe, um, frickin Thanksgiving when I was probably like 16 or 17 playing World of Warcraft when it was, there was a new expansion. Uh, so this is me dropping how big of a nerd I am that I was playing World of Warcraft as a teenager. I mean, there's, no, had a life. there's no shame at this point, Nick. <laughs> yeah, we're, true, true. Everyone we're, we're very out in our nerddom. Like, but, it is what it is. It was it was fantastic because it was like Thanksgiving, so like I had no responsibilities, and it was just me and two other, actually three other, another friend of ours too, um, playing video games like literally all night long. And then we stayed up. Uh, we didn't mean to. We realized it was early enough that we could bike over to um, to Denny's get get <laughs> get like some you know uh, pancakes and bacon, and then came home. And AJ was still awake, and we still, we kept playing with it, which is fantastic. That is amazing. Um, yeah, so that was that was a win. Um, and then the other one is a similar thing of just my roommates and I when I uh, first moved out to college, doing a similar thing of just like we just moved in and our house was like a total like wreck with nothing properly set up. But we set up the TV and a PlayStation and played a co-op game. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't a PlayStation. I think the game the game I'm thinking of and remembering is a game called Tales of Symphonia, which is a co-op game uh, that I loved and I think was on this the. the uh gamecube i guess but like our house has like no proper furniture we have like beds with nothing on them we're all like 18 and just just bums but we're like well i mean what else are we gonna do we got we have no school yet we don't have any we can't go get furniture we're just gonna stay up and like play video games and uh made crappy food and enjoyed enjoyed it for way too late didn't stay up all night that time probably probably too much of a wuss by then but both times are just like me and a bunch uh, a couple of close friends just goofing around for way too long uh together how about you my friend uh, i mean i have so many of those and like i yeah. could i could name a lot of the ones i feel like you and i have a couple of yeah, those well, yes. there too. yeah of course for sure um the other thing so like on the other end of that so like all the way back in the back in the day stuff i played warcraft 3 a lot and i really really got into it and this was at a time where i was like maybe in middle school i want to say I had to, you know, do what my parents wanted me to do. And so, like, sometimes I couldn't – believe it or not, Nick, there were times that I could not just play on the computer 24-7. And so Weird, what, I, what I would stupid, do is – it's Yeah, it's terrible. How how dare they? I, I could have gone pro. I could have gone big. Um, but anyways, so I, w- I would bring a notepad and, like, write down strategies that I wanted to try. Like when I got home, like different starting <laughs> builds. And like, I found that notebook the other day of oh, the other day is probably like months ago. Like, and, and it's still in my parents' house, just in their pile of stuff of ours. And like, just seeing like me try to come up with different Warcraft three starting strategies. 
um, like optimal strategy. Cause like, cause this is like, I mean, it wasn't like pre internet, but it was like definitely pre, like you could just go find the, like the min max best everything everywhere. And I, so, I loved that time. I love that time where it was a lot it more was a experimental, good time. a lot more creative, like try or a lot more experimental, I should say. And yeah, uh, like people didn't, yeah, people weren't all just doing the same cookie cutter thing. And so th- th- those were good times. I-, I specifically remember one time my brother was doing tournament basketball somewhere, which is hilarious because of the two of us, I'm definitely the person who enjoyed sports more than he did. But I was at some tournament basketball thing that he was a part of, and I was just the kid sitting in the corner, uh, not paying attention at all, just going to town, figuring out how I wanted to do my human starting positions and whatever. So I love it. I yeah. love it. Those are those are fun video game things. But uh, let's take us to the real topic tonight, Nick. Um, let's just ooze right into this, Nick. I love it. And we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll workshop it. Um, I just want to say, if someone ever told me I just oozed right into it, I would be very, <laughs> very uncomfortable. I'm also uncomfortable. Okay. I asked you before we started recording if you've ever played Stardew Valley, uh, which will be relevant because I'm going to be talking about Eric Baroni, who uh, is the guy who is the sole developer of Stardew Valley. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware, Nick, but it's there are people that make uh, games as a single person development shop, uh, and there's people that tough to tough to do. People that make games that are like really really big giant shops that you know make Uncharted Four or whatever, like the like the really fancy looking games that like are the ones that are at E3 and look all fancy and have the great graphics and push the edge of what visuals look like and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a spectrum. Um, but uh, Eric Brony ha- had always wanted to kind of do his own thing. He graduated in 2011 uh, with a bachelor's in computer science. So he did better than me. He didn't stop and do a, computer, or a psychology degree midway through. Yeah, yeah, relatable. Um, but struggled to find a job. And he was the sort of person who, like, growing up was also kind of a creative person. He liked art stuff. He was a part of multiple bands, so, like, had some experience doing music things. And he decided when he kind of struggled to get a job right out of college that he would make a game to, like, kind of bolster his, uh, like, his resume, like, his uh, portfolio. Uh, and, it, like, you know, make him better at programming in general. And so Makes sense. Did you, when you were younger, did you ever play Harvest Moon at all? I did. I you did. did. Oh, yes. So man. Harvest is, so it's, it's in that same uh, vein, right? It's a, it's a game, uh, like, you'll probably have a better grab of this, but I, because I did not play Harvest Moon very much, and I didn't play um, Stardew Valley, but Stardew Valley is a very, like, low-key, no, no, like, pressure game, right? It's a, or I, I don't want to say that, but, like, it's um, a game that's not just built on conflict, right? It's built on... It's, um, it's chill, farm, right? it's very chill and very fun, positive, um, community building sort of, uh, RPG style game. Um, which yeah. I, I said that description, that is what Harvest Moon was. And that is what, uh, Stardew Valley was. He, he really liked Harvest Moon and his girlfriend in college also liked Harvest Moon. That was one of the things that they bonded over. And so when he struggled to, to get the job out of college, he decided he would want to make a game. And he said, well, why not like kind of build upon what Harvest Moon left off? Like, cause there was a bunch of games that kind of like sort of tried to emulate what they were doing, but had really not done a great job. And he actually posted later on in one of the Harvest Moon forums 
like just to gauge interest, kind of gave them some of his concept ideas and stuff that he'd been working on. And it was really well received. Um, but that was his idea. He was going to make a Harvest Moon spirited style game uh, to to like kind of just build his skills and prove that he was a capable developer. Makes perfect sense. I feel like every developer, every budding developer ever says, I should build a game just to, to, to do it. And yeah. Th- yeah. Do you want to guess at how long he thought it was going to take? Like a month or two. It, like just It's like a few months. That was his yeah. original goal. Like kind of have a few months to work on this game, maybe six at the most, uh, before like the next round of job things open up. And, and then he'd get it released and call it good. So... He worked on it for. You know, I'm assuming that's exactly how it went, right? It sounds yeah, like that's six how months it went. later he released it, and it all went really well. It. The end. The end. <laughs> um, no, that's uh, that's not what happened at all. He got to the point where he was a year in, and he released a like, not a trailer, not a not a te- like honestly, not even a teaser. Like it was a very stripped down. Like here's some things that I'm planning on doing, and. It got enough traction, even though it was like not even that uh, substantial of a thing, to get the uh, acknowledgement of a couple different publishers. And usually, with um, like publishers, you're talking about them taking like a forty percent cut or a fifty percent cut or more. Um, but it was a very small, small publisher called Chucklefish. They had um, a couple other games that had done pretty well, but they were willing to do like his marketing things and legal stuff for a 10% cut of profits. And so it was still him as a sole developer. He just kind of had to do less of the paperwork on that side of things. Um, But he accepted the, the partnership with Chucklefish and he's like, all right, I, I, I don't want to put a definite time on it. Like it'll maybe be like in the next six months or so it'll have like something, something ready to go. It would go on for another year at this point. Um, his girl, like he, he originally started all this. He was living in his parents' basement with his girlfriend and they moved out. They got a house that they split rent with, with a couple other people. Um, his girlfriend was, uh, had just finished her undergraduate, was supporting him entirely, went to grad school, was still supporting him entirely. He had literally no income at all. Little, little bit on Damn. the struggle bus in that sense. Um, he eventually, uh, so like we're like now two years in. He would eventually like pick up a job as a uh, as a usher at a theater, just like a few hours a week, just so he could see other people. Because at this point, he had been working <laughs> solo in like his house. Yeah, I for, can absolutely for two see years. that. Like, yeah, just, I can absolutely like see that. a little bit for the money, but a little bit like not to go insane, which feels uh, <laughs> feels relevant now. Like this, uh, and, and I'll, I'll know at the end. There's a book that this originally turned me on to. I had actually known a lot about this story, but it reminded me of this. Like it retold the story, and made me want to talk about it too. Um, but anyways, what happened was so like he'd been working on this thing for a couple years. He got the the partnership with Chucklefish that would kind of handle some of the legal and publishing and marketing things for him. The thing is, he was a sole developer that was untrained in many of these things. Like he was not like, – Stardew Valley is – let me – I guess – let me back up. So Stardew Valley and and Harvest Moon, honestly, they're both 2D games. They're pixel art, like little, little sprites going around doing farming things. And he had no experience doing pixel art. He had some experience doing music stuff, but not in the sense of like a video game setting. Had – only his degree for like his programming side of things. And 
So when he started doing this, like he was just doing it all as a person who's never done it before. So undoubtedly, he got much better at all of those things over the first two years so, of working on it. So I think this is uh, like uh, this is something that that is part of the appeal and part of the downfall of the whole like try to make a game thing when you're you know a budding and learning developer is I think a lot of developers have a, a video game like interest or background or whatever because they you know they're because we're nerds or computer nerds. Uh, but or you know we're just comfortable with computers and maybe there's just an ease of uh, p- picking up games. I don't know, but uh, you know one of the nice things about that is that when you step into doing you when you take on a project that you don't know st- like one of the nice things about taking on a project for that you've never done before is that a lot of times as a developer you don't really know what you don't know and you have to run into a problem before you know how to search for that the that problem solution and add that solution to like your skill set. Like you may not realize that you don't know how to properly animate something if you've never had to animate something because you just don't have the the insight to know like what all that goes into that. And the the flip side is I feel like when people try to make these games, a lot of times we just get bogged down in the details of stuff that may not be relevant long term. Like I could see a guy who has a lot of programming skills getting bogged down with music and art for far too long and animations for far too long when they may never work with uh, animations again. But if you're going to do game development, I mean, it sounds like he'd be, he'd have like a really big, uh, like it would teach you a lot to be doing it alone. Right. Yeah. And, and I'll support what you said there. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times where I've spent, you know, weeks working on a thing uh, like on a particular script and realizing that, I I literally need to just scrap this entire thing and I could rewrite it in in 50 lines as opposed to 2000 yes. lines. Yes, you can become so much more proficient. I've learned so much by doing this. Yes. That like I like I can't even use this code anymore even though it accomplishes the same thing. Like it is so impossibly bad that if I ever need to do anything later on, like this is unusable. Like the number of times where I've scrapped things entirely and just started over as opposed to try to like refactor old crap just because like, especially if it's stuff like, like, you know, it's one thing to say like I I started something and then like I got a few weeks in and realized I could do it better. But like Nick, if you, if, if, if I look at anything that I wrote, like, you know, seven years ago, if I look at something that I wrote three years ago, like, Almost, I mean, sometimes I see like a couple gems here or there. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I, I proud oh, of myself. Good, good, that's jo- a, that's a good job, solution. me. Yeah. I've gotten dumber since then. But a lot of the times it's like, oh, gosh, if only I would have known that this, this, and this was possible, I would have done this like a thousand times oh, faster. Oh, a thousand this times this 100 lines would be 10 lines. It would be 10 lines instead yeah. of 100. Or it's, like, it's literally a single function that I could have just called it. it would have been done. <laughs> I, I basically recreated this entire module in Python. I could have just imported it and been done with it. Um, I feel like that's a lot A lot of stuff. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. a lot of that in life. But so what happened with him is he like he'd been working on this thing that he loved as a passion project for two years and got really, really good at doing it. And especially on the art side and the composing side. And so he ended up like basically scrapping a ton of music, especially the artwork though, like the pixel art stuff. He scrapped a ton of stuff. Like he probably iterated like a dozen times on sprites and portraits and different artwork within the game. And like just by and large redid entire portions of the game. Like he just was not happy with it. Um, And anyway, so we're like, 
now we're talking like somebody who hasn't meaningfully made any money for the family in a couple of years to spend. Or, and the thing is like, it would work like crazy hours. Like, like we're talking 10 hour days, seven days a week, did not take weekends off, didn't take holidays off, like just to the grindstone with like nothing to, like nothing to show for it other than every month or so when he would update on like his website, you'd have like a couple hundred people that were like ex uh, harvest moon fans that would say that how excited they were. But like that was all he had for a couple, like two, three years, which is, which is, that's a long, that's a long time. It's crazy. Although I do, I will say, I think that, that some developers can totally get into the zone of just finding like self-satisfaction and it like, it almost makes sense. I think that sometimes we view, um, programmers through like the the or not the but like that some people view the programmers through like you know the media lens of like somebody just sitting alone grinding away and like being either miserable or like you know uh on the spectrum or something else like there's there's a little bit of that in uh the social network where uh the zuckerberg character goes on a coding spree forever with the headphones on and he just never looks away but the i think the reality is like the reason that that some programs can go like that is because they just have a lot of fun it, it can be very satisfying and rewarding to uh work on a project especially a project that's all your own that you get to choose and like have kind of agency over right so i don't know um yeah it's it's, it's interesting because i i definitely know a person or two like that who has like I'm like Silas, dude. You've been working. You've you've written how much for this? This is amazing. <laughs> but at the same time, he's like, oh yeah, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He definitely loved. Like if you like read any interview that he's done, um, he wouldn't he wouldn't do it any differently. Like he he wants to be a solo developer. He looks back on it very fondly. Um, but he will. He is not one to shy away from the fact of. It, it's one thing to say that you know, for a year or two years. But when, what ended up being, uh, he ended up working on this for five years. Oh. And he, he definitely says like, you know, there were definitely times where I would be like super depressed or, you know, I just, I would end up for days and days just browsing Reddit or doing whatever and not actually playing the game or not working on the game. And then his wife or his girlfriend, Amber, would come home and then he would switch over to like look like he was working on it uh, just because he was too ashamed. Uh, like it just that that was a cycle. But then there'd be other times where it was an absolute joy. And for weeks on end, he would just, you know, work 10 hour days out of just because that's what he wanted to do. Um, so he, it's very honest. Like it was, it, he's a very raw, very honest person, like a very straightforward cool. person when it comes to like how all this journey went. Um, anyway, so kind of spoil a little bit. I, I can keep going, but I, I will say I, I didn't realize five years. That five years is a brutal amount of time to work on one project. It is what, especially if you are alone. out of college alone with no income that you're generating for five years. Like, that, and, and I imagine you probably feel kind of like a failure. Like, not not that he should have necessarily. Like, I mean, it sounds like he made something that that was like wildly popular and fit, filled a niche, but like, and was probably learning a lot while he was doing it. But I I can imagine that like you know a lot of us measure ourselves by our success and our ability to create income. And so I, I can only imagine that, that, that he probably had those feelings too, like, you know, two, three years in, like, how do you, how do you feel about like, well, I haven't gotten anything out of this project that I've, dev- you know, devoted my life to. Well, and how hard would it be to say like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to school. Um, no, I don't have a full-time job. I do work three hours a week at the theater as an usher that I make minimum wage at. Uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm making a video game. Like, 
you can only say that so many times with like, again, to be able to keep your head high. Like, I feel like, I don't know, that would be really, that, that takes a special type of person. It also takes a special type of uh, partner too. Cause like, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine like, there's not a lot of people that would be that patient. Um, so, agree. so props to his, his partner, Amber going through all this, but anyways, so the, it, it started to get a little bit real. He got close to the point where he had, um, through his partnership with Chucklefish, they said basically like, Hey, you should let, you should let some streamers get their hands on this. Like, see if you can build a little hype around it. Um, so he did, there were like three streamers that he gave keys to. They played it on Twitch. It blew up on Twitch. Um, and at that point, it was like, dude, you got to release this game. One of the things that he wanted to uh, release it with was multiplayer, like where you could play with other people. But uh, like it was just going to be too much on the back end to like work through to get it released in a time that was going to make anybody happy. So he decided to – he had like he made a post where he was like, no, I really want to get this done. I've been advised by lots of people like – if you don't do it now, it's going to be a thousand times harder later. And then like later on, he's like, you know what? Like you guys have been waiting for so long. I just want to get this out here so you can play it. And so on February of 2016, he finally releases the single player version of the game. And uh, shortly after that, he so he puts it on for $15 on the Steam store. And not all that long later, across different platforms, after he ended up porting it to a couple of things over the next year or so, Ended up selling 10 million copies. Uh, so I'll let you do the math on that. Uh, that's not... Wait, not, how, much, how much did they cost? <laughs> $15 per. And he sold 10 Ooh. million copies. He did have to pay, you know, the 10% to, to Cuddlefish. Yeah, that Chuckle, Cuddlefish made out well. Chucklefish, uh, so, but yeah. So did it. Chucklefish made out well. So did Eric. Eric, yeah. doing it big. Yeah, Eric did okay. Turns out was worth the wait. Um, I, like, I don't even know how to... Like, that. that is... That's an unbelievable success. I didn't realize it was that huge. That's amazing. Yeah, and and here's the thing, Nick. So the reason why I say all this is like I've known this is a story. Like I knew it was a game that was made by one person. I've read a little bit about the story. Most recently, um, there's a book called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels that I recommend. There's another one by the same author called Press Reset, which is a guy who does kind of like Malcolm Gladwell-esque investigative journalism on different video games that have been developed, like Diablo 3 or Stardew Valley or yeah. Uncharted 4 or whatever. And like th- this, those stories, Nick, are fantastic. It is it, – it really makes you appreciate like how hard making video games are, like or is. Like it is, it is much, much more – it's a massive enterprise. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, including like little stuff. Um, I, I googled uh, Chucklefish's involvement with this uh, in the middle, and they're talking about like non-English localizations. There's, I mean, stuff like that's a big deal too. Like, there's there's a lot that goes into this, and the technical side is no yes. joke for one for one developer to, to to push a game is pretty damn impressive. It's really hard. Like reading, re- listening to this book, and reading the story again. Like going back through it all just really reiterates just how impossibly hard it is. Um, you know, I, I don't want to put a negative uh, tone in this, but I think that's part of the reason you hear about, um, you know, video game companies having hard work conditions is like you hear about, oh, well, you know, this so-and-so company or so-and-so game had tons of crunch leading up to a game. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, shocking. This is shock. This is 
crazy. And, uh, you know, a lot of times like, that can't even be fixed with more manpower because, like, it just would require more coordination to get that, like, you know, it's 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 a it's a challenging thing to to release something that people are going to consume in a ton, ton of different ways and a ton of different platforms, a ton of different hardware. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Well, and so you use the word crunch, which that is the industry word that gets tossed around a lot yeah. in this book and is the industry word for what that is. And so if you're not familiar, what that is, is at the end of a game release cycle, like when you're up against the wire, you work just crazy, crazy, crazy hours trying to fix bugs or implement last minute features or remove things that aren't working or whatever to order to like hit a deadline. Yep. And what's honestly, because I can, I mean, I can really relate to this at the end of the day. That's coming down to a small handful of people that are actually needing to actually do a lot of that work. There's certainly other people downstream that will need to do things, but a lot of that lifting is done by the people that have kind of been the heart and soul of developing that game from the get-go because it can only be them. At the end of the day, there's only so many people that are truly at the heart and soul of making a video game, even if it is a 200-person development shop. There are probably only five people that are like that truly get it all that they they know they might not be doing like the smaller details here or there, but they understand the core of it all. And those people end up working like 16 hour days until it's done, whether that's a week or a month or half a year. Like, right. And there's people, there's some of them that talk about how during the final crunch leading into release, they gained 15 pounds like just crazy health things like that. Like that is what the gaming industry does to people. It's just, it's crazy. It's brutal. Sleeping, sleeping in offices, not seeing your family for a month, all kinds of crazy things. Um, anyways, but on a lighter note, what I did want to say was, I mean, absolutely far, far exceeding, uh, any sort of expectations, um, that Eric and his, uh, partner had expected, literally like being a single person shop, like very, very few people had really even played the game before it hit release. And he ends up going through all these pressers, doing all these things, going to conferences, meeting lots of fancy people, getting courted by Nintendo to like port it to the switch, getting courted by Microsoft to uh, what they wanted was to like, have it be an exclusive thing that was on uh, the Xbox and like just all kinds of crazy stuff goes through all those things. But, what is like one of the coolest things in my opinion and well, I'm saying in my opinion is that that matters. One of the coolest things in his opinion was, um, he got asked to go meet with, hold on just a second. I gotta remember his name. Yashiro Iwata, who was Nick, the creator of Harvest Moon. Oh, that's too cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he asked um, asked Eric if he would come meet with him, and he had played Stardew Valley and was really complimentary of picking up where Harvest Moon left off. And uh, I guess they they hung out for a while and they played each other's games. And he brought his original copy of Harvest Moon and he signed it for him. And it was just like this is a guy who went from literally being a nobody out of college that made no money doing anything to releasing one of the most popular indie games ever to meeting the person who back literally at this, like 30 years ago made harvest moon and like was the game that it was based off of 
or inspired like, it greatly. Like, that the person probably understands that his process better than most anyone. I know that right, he, he, yeah. he probably didn't do it alone, but that's, that's a very, uh, that's a very particular and interesting relationship. That's a really cool, like, like interesting relationship uh, to think about for a person for him to be able to meet too. But anyways, the whole story made me really, really happy because that is such a unique level of commitment to something. And then to have it pay off so well and to have such a, a beautiful ending to the story that buttons it up so nicely where you meet the person who did the thing that inspired you originally. I mean, what can you ask for? That's, that's a good story. Absolutely. Completely agree. And Completely Nick, agree. you should go play Stardew Valley. It's freaking amazing. Nick, I cannot believe that a single person made the depth of this game. Like you, you could play for like, I mean, I played it a long time. I enjoyed it quite a lot back when it first came out on the switch. Um, but Nick, it is when you, if like to like listen to this podcast and then to go play it for an hour and to think like this one dude person, made this music, guy. made this artwork, programmed this entire it's a game. game. It's a pretty game. It's a pretty game for a guy that didn't have a background, like especially for a guy and that you should didn't have li- a background. And I'll, I'll put the music over part of this. Nick, the music is so peaceful and great. He does so good. Like it is. It is so good. It is literally like you can like just feel the labor of love that it is that is this game. Like That's fantastic. It's, it's very cool. And just the fact that it exists is amazing. People that are indie developers do not get enough love. Like it I, is crazy. I, I was going to say, I, I played a game uh, this year that was uh, developed like or the, that had one programmer, one developer. And that, that alone is absolutely wild to me. And uh, the game does not have the kind of the the love the amount of content the amount of uh of gameplay that uh stardew valley does because i know it's stardew valley holds on holds people for hundreds of hours of gameplay if they want it and uh even that game i thought was a wild undertaking for one person to only do the development side which is to say not the artwork not the voice acting not the music not a million other things that that he would have had to do alone and i thought that was overwhelming this is uh, that's that's a huge achievement, right? For sure. Uh, and I forgot to even say that, like the entire narrative and the writing, like is it's oh. fantastic. It's great. I didn't know there was a narrative. See, that's how I, I don't yeah. know enough about it, but okay. It's really great. Check it out, Stardew Valley. There you go. He doesn't need any. I mean, like I said, you could do the math. He's fine on money, <laughs> but yeah, um, yep. that's another cool thing. Is like I don't think he's paid a dime for marketing the entire time because he just doesn't like that pressure. Like just. <laughs> okay. If it if it spreads word of mouth, it spreads word of mouth. That's all that matters. So, I love it. I love um, it. Speaking of spreading word of mouth, if you would like to, you can share this with a friend. <laughs> did I do okay, job, Nick? Did I do okay? You did pretty good. I just kind of oozed right into it, you know. Um, if you want to, you can uh, check out our Patreon podcast. We record that and release it on the off uh, Mondays uh, that we do this podcast. And Nick, we man, we need to. It's it's it, we, I know we talked about some some NBA stuff and some NFL stuff, but like Nick, when we record next, we're gonna be like a week out from pod or the, the podcast. We're gonna be a week out from the the playoffs for the NFL. So I know gonna, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts about the playoffs. So. I'm super excited for that. If you want to check that out, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Tywis up. And you can find us at, or you can also follow us at Tywis up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, but not Snapchat. And you can find all of that at tywisapp.com. Nick, thank you for sharing with me all the secrets and the oozes uh, and for potting with me. I shared no oozes with you. 
None. Don't let's, lie. To, don't let's lie. keep that up. That's weird. Let's keep that but up. I agree. I agree. <laughs> You're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you all for listening.